Welcome to Shelving Cart. I'm Sarah. And I'm Teddy. And we're both librarians here to have a podcast book club with each other and all of you. On Shelving Cart, we talk about books like it's a one-hour book club meeting, so we talk about likes, dislikes, reviews, general feelings, and more. And generally completely spoil the book, so be warned. And today we will be discussing Witch King by Martha Wells. Mm. (laughs) Yes, we will. Um, Okay, so Teddy, you threw this book out there, not to call you out. (laughs) You put put this book on our radar for the podcast. Mm -hmm. How did you hear about it? I confess, I have sinned. Um, (laughs) So I was put on to Martha Wells actually by my boss um, at my library, the director, because there's this series of books by Martha Wells called The Murderbot Diaries, which Mm. is about a security robot um, who hacks its own system so it can watch soap operas. Um, And I love him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it truly is like, one of the funniest, most heartwarming series. Like, it is just, like, so, so good. Like, if you loved Psalm for the Wild Bill, it's, like, the funnier version of that. It's just, like, incredibly good. So it just so happened that as we were discussing, like, our lineup for the season, that this book was, like, coming out soon. And I was like, oh, my God, new Martha book hell yes and so I pitched it and I pitched it hard um I was like this is a must we must read this um so I don't know Sarah you've never read any Martha Wells before right this is your first one I have not I know this is my first one I'm so sorry (laughs) please please believe me (laughs) this is my first one (laughs) yeah no um give it like a year to calm down and then come back to her because she does have some really good stuff to say yeah absolutely um, well, since you are the expert on Martha Wells, <laughs> the ex- ex- between the two of us, yeah. you're the more expert. Um, yep. will you give us some background on her? Absolutely. Okay. So Martha Wells is at the end of the day, no matter what, the queen of my world. And she is also above all else, a super nerd. Um, so she's an American author who writes speculative fiction, fantasy, and science fiction, um, as well as nonfiction essays on sort of like related subjects. I'm just going to give you a couple of essay titles. Neville Longbottom, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, Mm. which she published in 2006. I would read that. Um, Donna Noble Saves the Universe from 2012. That's a Doctor Who, Doctor Who essay. Love that for her. Wow, she is Um, a nerd. And then... (laughs) Yeah, she really is. And then um, this one is like an Ursula K. Le Guin style um, essay called A Life Less Ordinary, The Environment, Magic Systems, and Non-Humans from 2014. Mm. So I would read all of those. That sounds very interesting. Um, She was born in Fort Worth, Texas. And like all great science fiction authors, (laughs) Ursula, um, (laughs) she got her degree in anthropology um, Mm. at Texas A&M where she was involved in fandom culture like a lot um, and was the chairman of AggieCon 17, which is the oldest and largest student-run multi-genre convention in the United States. Oh, wow. Um, Queen. Um, So she's big into cons and has taught writing workshops 
at ArmadilloCon, Worldcon, and ApolloCon, and she was the special workshop guest at FenCon in 2018. I don't know what any of those are, but um, someone definitely does. And it sounds like she's just really involved in um, conventions, which is really cool. Um, her first novel was The Element of Fire, and it did pretty well. And then her second novel, City of Bones, which I think is also the title of a Cassandra Clare novel. It is. not the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, was well-reviewed. So, and then she also, bless her, got paid to write what is essentially fan fiction except canonical in that she wrote media tie-ins, um, oh. which are those like books that yeah. are about like... She did a, some Star Wars ones, right? Yes, she did Star Wars, and then she also did Stargate Atlantis yeah. and Stargate SG One, which is so fun for me. I've, I I've read some of those Star <gasps> those Star not well the Star Wars tie in books. I don't think the Martha yeah. Wells ones, but some of those are good because they get yeah, good like, art, they get good writers to do it. Yeah, yes, and they get people who like care about the canon of the show or like yeah. the media which is like very cool one of, um, i think that might also be a way that uh like science fiction science fiction fantasy writers get started to like get right. kind of a, a, the ability to get going i when we read uh labyrinth lost by mm-hmm. zareda cordova she also did the, some star wars that's very cool yeah. yeah i feel like right it's like writing media tie-ins is the new like short stories in journals yes yes yeah yeah it's how you get your name on some shit um she was also the toastmaster (laughs) of the world fantasy convention in 2017 and she delivered a speech called unbury the future again anthropology queen very good about marginalized creators in the history of science fiction and fantasy and the deliberate suppression of the existence of those creators incredible okay um it was well received and much discussed um and then this is incredible she was the leader of the story team and lead writer for the dominaria expansion of magic the gathering um (laughs) okay so she's like nerd nerd like that is nerd nerd (laughs) i was just at a house party last night with like it was a housewarming party with like a bunch of dweebs who all play Magic the Gathering and listening to them talk, I was like, what's going on? Like, it's like a whole separate universe of things. They're like speaking a second language, essentially. So I I view Magic the Gathering as like peak nerddom. Like I can only aspire. Um, So her Murderbot Diary series, which we just discussed, starts with All Systems Red. And that won a metric fuck ton of awards including a nebula a hugo a locus and the ala's alex award and it was nominated for the philip k dick award so she's like respected she's been very well received um i would say i i like told that same boss who had recommended martha wells to me initially i was like oh this fan, not to spoil it, but this like fantasy book by Martha Wells is like not hitting for me. Like I'm having a really hard time with it. And she was like, oh, it's actually a known fact that fantasy writers can write science fiction, but science fiction writers can't write fantasy. (laughs) And I was like, oh, what? So I don't know. We can argue the veracity of that at some later point, but um, for whatever it is worth, Martha Wells' science fiction um, rocks my socks every Mm. time. 
Yeah. So that's our girl. Okay, great. Thank you. That was fascinating. She is a nerd. Okay, well, I have a book, so I can read our uh, book jacket. Perfect. Okay. So, from the breakout superstar author of Murderbot comes a remarkable story of power and friendship, of trust and betrayal, and the families we choose. I didn't know you were a demon. You idiot. I'm the demon. After being murdered, his consciousness dormant and unaware of the passing of time while confined in an elaborate water trap, Kai wakes to find a lesser mage attempting to harness Kai's magic to his own advantage. That was never going to go well. But why was Kai imprisoned in the first place? What has changed in the world since his assassination? And why does the Rising World Coalition appear to be growing in influence? Kai will need to pull his allies close and draw draw on all his pain magic if he is to answer even the least of these questions. He's not going to like the answers. Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay. And, the, yeah. and then I have the like the snippets. There's just three. Or two. Okay. Two, rather. There's just two. And they're for some, from peop- some people that we know. Is one of them fucking Stephen King? I'm going to throw it <laughs> No, up. it's not. Okay. <laughs> I, I <wish. laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> okay. A wildly original and complex fantasy exploring how revolutions are won through trust and destroyed through selfishness. Wells excels at brooding, powerful, inhuman protagonists who just need a little kindness to be their badass best. N.K. Jemison. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Unlike anything I've ever read, a layered and complex novel that delivers on the promise of epic fantasy. Zoreta Cordova. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay yeah word yeah. that's hard because i respect both of them <laughs> that, that's difficult for me um yeah all right well i have some goodreads reviews yes. okay if we're interested hit, hit me okay hit me <laughs> great <laughs> um okay so rebecca gave it four stars all of these are really recent because this came out like literally last month um so rebecca gave it four stars and said fair warning <laughs> The world building is dense, and Wells does not hold your hand. You are thrown in headfirst and expected to swim. So my advice, dear reader, is to swim. Tread water if you must, and when the world finally comes together in your head, and you can follow all the different cultures and threads of magic, it will be worth it. Um, Interjection here to say, I never got to that point. (laughs) I don't know if you did, Sarah. I just, like... Maybe I'm. It was I like I don't even think I'm dumb. Like I read a lot. You're of not. Fantasy. I can make a lot of it's, shit come together. It, but this was. It's um, it it's not worth it's. The reason why it doesn't come together is it's not worth it. That's why. Mm. You know. So yeah, okay, that's a valid point, and I want to come back to that. But Rebecca does touch on that and says that the only complaint is that the characters are all so interesting and varied that I'd love to spend more time with each of them. Yeah. and I think that that is like maybe one of the biggest things that I experienced reading this book where it was like all Kai all the time. And it's like, Kai's cute. Love him to bits, but like, give me, yeah. Give me other people. Yeah, Um, Got a lot of names without a lot of context for the names. Jesus Christ. Okay. Natalia gave it four stars as well and said, I don't want spoon feeding and hand holding, And it's good since there's none of that here. Um, (laughs) Which I think is a deep, deep understatement um, I, about this book. I also kind of disagree. We can get into it more, but I dis—I think that the the book is like 
simultaneously holding your hand while simultaneously holding back information from you. Like, okay. the, the book doesn't take off, and you also get a, a bunch of little info dumps when you're just trying to, like, be like, I'm trying to get interested in this story, you know? Yes, that's my that's my feeling. I think that's so valid. Um, I, I do want to come back to that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Natalia, um, in her review, uh, I'm if your name is Natalia and you recently read The Witch King or Witch King by Martha Wells, you included the last line of the book <laughs> in your review without any spoiler warning. And I need you to know that that shit's fucked up. Like, even we don't do that, and we give a spoiler warning. Like, what the fuck? Like, it was so... And the second I read it, I knew it was the last line of the book, and I was like, well, there goes any motivation oh. I might have maybe had to finish it. Um, okay, John Morrow, um, who's also an author, um, wrote, despite humorous moments, most of Witch King is a dry read that fails to establish much meaningful connection to the world or characters. Although Kai exhibits sparks of charisma, the other characters mostly fall flat. Preach. Martha Wells' writing is solid. Preach. But Witch King suffers from slow pacing and a dense, disengaging style that makes the book a struggle to read. Preach. As a result, I never felt fully invested in the story or characters. There are hints of great world building in Witch King, but unfortunately it is never fully developed in a satisfying yes. way. Absolutely true. Yes. Um, Let's just end the podcast now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's done. Like, it's over, right? And then um, Frin, who gave it five stars. Oh, John's review was two stars, which um, is, I believe, Sarah, what you ended yeah. up giving it. We're still thinking um, about it. That was my immediate reaction, two stars. Okay, perfect. Um, and then Frin, who gave it five stars, called it a difficult book to put down. <laughs> um, this is like especially funny in context because I have been reading this book. And just to be clear, like I read books like a speed demon. Like I am a freak about it and will often finish books in like three days or less. Yeah. This is a long book. I wouldn't have been surprised if it took me like a whole week it took me a month and a half, yeah. I think. Yeah. Like, it took so long because guess what, friend? I put it down quite a fucking lot. I tr I had to bribe myself. I, I tried to give myself anxiety <laughs> about it. I, like, turned. This was Sarah's suggestion, and this was, like, this kind of helped. It was, like, I found myself skimming by accident a lot because I was so bored. And Sarah was, like, turned the text size up on your Kobo so that you can't skip like you have to stay within the boundaries of the page I like had to do that there was like so much of it going on and I still I finished it yesterday like last night because that's how long I let myself push it it yeah let's let's move right along into the the uh book discussion so here's my very rough <laughs> plot summary <laughs> great i mean to be fair a lot of shit happens in this book and most of it is opaque yeah. so yeah proud of you for getting it on the page um okay so the whole book the conceit of the book is that we're navigating two plot lines at the same time one is the past and one is the present so i broke my 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 plots uh into past and present um, I'm going to run through past first and then we will get mm -hmm. into present. Um, 
we start in the past and that's where we first meet kai who is a the titular witch, witch king um a demon uh the demon so to speak um mm. And so we learn that Kai is from a group known as the Soretti, who have a treaty with demons. And when a member of their community dies, they have the demons inherit their body. Um, and the Soret- so then we learn that. And then we learn that the Soretti were then slaughtered in a war with the Hierarchs, who are the rulers of the, like, the kingdom of the world. Who um, It's implied that they're... Uh, hell-bent on fascism, basically, or just, like, you know... <laughs> they're bad news. They're, they're bad colonialists. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, and so Kai was p- fighting against them and then was captured into the Cageling Demon Court in the Summer Halls. Um, and then, uh, also to note that the demon world has become inaccessible. We're used to, like, you be could... If you got... Kill, like killed in your demon body you would go back to the demon world and be able to in your in your human body if sorry, you got killed in your human sorry body. excuse yeah, yeah. me if you got killed in your human body you could go back to the demon world and then come back again to the human world like you would live but the demon world has become inaccessible so higher risk um so kai is woken by bashasa who was captured by the hierarchs but is actually trying to uh but is trying and is trying to betray the hierarchs so Bashasa introduces Kai to Zedi, Taren, and uh, Dahin, and to th- together, they group together to f- free the demons in the Cageling Demon Court, and then Kai figures out that he can take new bodies when he kills them, and- or when they're not even dead, he can just inherit their bodies, and then... He- he, he takes over the expositor's body without the expositor being completely dead and he takes over his body and then he floods the shit out of the summer halls where he was <laughs> he was taken captive um, and he kills two hierarchs which people didn't know that you could kill hierarchs at that point but he kills two of right. them and they take their heads and they're like look at we could start a revolution and they flee to a different place um, Eric to start a revolution to a different mm-hmm. different spot and so, yeah, they start a revolution, and then the present tense is all the current result of that resolution, uh, revolution. Okay, well, that was rough. All right. Our present time plot goes like this, is that we start with Kai um, talking through his mind to Zadie, who's his best friend, and it turns out they have been kidnapped and killed, like they're, or Kai's been kidnapped and killed. We don't know where Zadie is. Um, they're talking, but not together, so Kai's consciousness moves into the body of a dead hostage. He kills his captors, uh, one being an <laughs> expositor and, a, and who is a magical being who control who can control other beings. And he drains their life force and grabs another one of the hostages, who is Sonya. Uh, and they escape, going to go, and going looking for Zadie. And they get to Zadie, who is in a wall, captured in a wall, I believe it was. So Zadie, Sonya, and Kai escape while trying to figure out where the hell they are. They end up on at the top of an island where they see um, a shell whale, which is, I think, basically a whale who's been ensorcelled into being a boat. Um, I cannot believe you just said ensorcelled. <laughs> it's one of my favorite <laughs> words. Okay, It's a good word. So Kai makes a deal with the whale to take them somewhere else, and then he will free that whale. Um, and they need to find Zadie's wife and their other best friend, Taran, who is a fallen immortal blessed, which is some sort of high up magical being. I don't know. Because they believe that they have been betrayed by Bashat, the ruler of the 
slash guy kind of in charge of the Rising World Alliance, the diplomat. And Bishat is different than Bishasa. Yes. Those are two different people. I know. The diplomat in charge of the Rising World Alliance, I think. I don't know. So yeah. they, they visit the demon court to try to get answers about where Taren is and his and her brother da- Dahin. When leaving the court, they are attacked by another band of expositors who they defeat using the whale. And then they set the whale free. Good for the whale. Then they take the expositor's craft. On the expositor's craft, they defeat them. Then they meet Ramad, a human, and Tenez, a witch, whose Zadie's also a witch. So they're the same. But So a witch who has been turned into a familiar by an expositor because expositors can do that. Um, they call Taran's sister, uh, Sadrine, and use Kinright to get answers from her. But she says she doesn't know anything. She tells them there is a stone that they can use to find a where her whereabouts but that's definitely a trap so i think sadrin is just a distant relation not a sister yes some sort of relative so they head off to the village uh, to a village to deposit all of the enslaved folks that are on their current ship but instead of going where sadrin said they drop her off and head to a different location um aka the summer halls at the summer halls they find dahin who is there making maps i think it was or something he's like reading a map right yeah yeah and so the summer halls are filled uh, with poisonous water and zadie and kai dive in to find the finding stone they eventually get it but zadie has disappeared and they are under attack so kai finds zadie finds the attackers who have kidnapped sadrine and with help from zadie tenez and sonya they overflow overthrow their attackers they had to find tarin who is in eric on the way uh, that's when they confirmed that Ramad was actually part of a quest to d- betray Kai by Bashat. So Kai, but Kai, take that, had anticipated this and turned the other world leaders against Bashat five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> then why the fuck are we hearing this story? Anyway, yeah. they, <laughs> they find Tarin, leave Ramad behind, and the group decides to move forward to, last line of the book, find something to unburn. <laughs> the end. <sighs> Dear listeners, if you are like, what the fuck? Um, Please know that reading the book isn't much more coherent than what you just heard. Like, it's it's wild. Um, Yeah. Was Kai dead when the book started? He was just in a coma. Well, his body was dead. His human body was dead. Oh, my God. And just, like, put in stasis. Yeah, so his consciousness was, like yeah yeah because <laughs> he couldn't go home right yeah. okay yeah so his consciousness was just floating so he had to take a new body okay yeah that was how it started <sighs> well <laughs> i read it so long ago but <laughs> okay so woof. woof all right so let's run through the characters and then we'll get into all of our thoughts feelings give us and... give us a speed run of the characters Okay, great. So, Kai, whose full name is Kai Steron, um, is a prince of the fourth house of the underneath. So he's like demon royalty. Um, when he first came to the mortal plane, he was originally in the body of a Serati girl named Enna, who died of an illness. Um, and then he sort of like figured out that he could body jump and inhabited the bodies of like a series of expositors basically um kai's one good line is when he's murdering a ghoul um and the ghoul says i didn't know you were uh da 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 and kai says say it 
And then the ghoul says, a demon. And then Kai says, you idiot, I'm the demon. Which um, everyone quotes in all their Goodread reviews, and also it's on the jacket. Um, yeah. Because it's his one good line. Um, so he's the demon. Um, Zadie uh, is an air witch, originally a teacher in her homeland who was captured and brought to the Summer Halls. Um, Taren Stargard is an immortal marshal. What does that mean? I don't know. Higher, but she's important. A higher up magical being. But she has decided, right. who used to work for the High Arcs, but she decided she didn't want to work for the High Arcs, so she became Fallen. I think, I mean, that's pretty much the only That That sounds got. right. Yeah, she's also called the Fallen. Um, she's an immortal blessed um, of the Blessed Lands, and she's also literally Zadie's wifey. Um, they're boning. Um, she has a sibling named Daheen, who's a nerd. He, yeah. Uh, Daheen also, towards the end of the book, reveals that he has this like fear slash theory that we don't know where the hierarchs came from. We don't know if we have effectively banished them, and there's always the chance that they could come back, um, which is an uncomfortable setup for a sequel, and we'll talk about that later. Um, and then those are like almost all of the biggies that are in both past and present. Um, there's one more, Arn Nefa, who was also a demon that came to this plane through the Serati Treaty, like Kai, um, but who turns out to be an evil baddie working on an immortal blessed scheme to get Bashat made emperor, I think, is like the plot there. Um, in the past... We have Bashasa, who is a Benes Iraqi prince heir, who's a really good politician, very charming. Um, he is a hostage in the summer halls for his city's good behavior until he sort of like stages this whole uprising with the help of uh, Kai and the rest of the gang. Um, we have the hierarchs who are colonialists and no one knows where they came from. And then the other important past character that I picked was Grandmother, who is an ancestor of the Serati of the Grass Plains. And she's the one who negotiated a treaty with the underneath and married a demon prince. Hot. And that is why demons willingly take willingly given Serati bodies. Um, so she's the one that like set up that whole system. Um, in the present, we have Sonia, who is a street kid from a port city, um, she's cute, but kind of pointless. She doesn't really do that much. Um, we have Tennis or Tennis, T-E-N-E-S, or Tennis, if you're <laughs> feeling funky, um, who is a witch with her memory wiped by an expositor because she was his familiar. Um, both Zadie and Tennis, <laughs> Tennis, are, um, are witches, but Zadie does air stuff and Tennis does earth stuff. Um, Bashat, not to be confused with Bashasa, even though he is also a prince heir from the same place, um, is the present prince heir um, and thinks he's going to be emperor if his plan works, but it doesn't because um, Kai saw this coming somehow. Um, and he's the big betrayer of the foursome and the reason why they're all like locked up in various places. Um, and then we have Ramad, who is Bashat's vanguarder, morally gray, um, but at least kind of cute about it. Like he at least feels a little guilty about being in on the plot against Kai. He also had some sexual tension 
with Kai? Did you feel that? Feel yeah. a little flirty? I thought it was more with Daheen, but... Damn. I Interesting. Didn't, I didn't feel like anyone had any sexual energy for the whole book. <laughs> Which made it so boring. Um, <laughs> and then we have Sadrin, who is an immortal marshal, who is related to Taran and Daheen, but they don't like each other. Um, and in order to get her to help at any given time, they have to be like, we're family, we're invoking the kinship right. Um, and yeah. she is never very enthusiastic about it. Nope. Um, she likes rules a little too much. Yeah. Um, Anyone I missed that you were like, oh, man, I was really looking forward to talking about them. No. <laughs> um, oh, well, yes. The shell whale. Oh, yeah. Um, the sh- very cute. The shell whale. Right. And then I will also say um, that as uh, the past gang is fleeing the summer halls that Kai flooded, um, they use these like giant things called wall climbers that are creatures that are a cross between a rat and a lizard and they're very big and you can ride in them on a palanquin um and those are cute so those are a good character okay wow thank you okay well you know i think we've really buried the lead on this one but (laughs) teddy did you like it why or why not this book i would have dnf'd this book so hard <laughs> if I didn't have to read it for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this book sucked. I'm so sorry, Martha. This book sucked asshole. Like, I love high fantasy. I love epic fantasy. I love complex world building and political shit. <laughs> you have to tell us what's going on so that we can be invested. And also, you did the exact equivalent of it was all a dream because Kai had it all handled from the beginning. From the moment he wakes up in the present, he has had it handled already. And now we just got emotionally invested for what? For what? And I didn't even get emotionally invested, even though you tried to make me. I'm like, were we emotionally invested? No. I'm so pissed. This was such a waste of time. Sarah, did you like this book? No. I did Ugh. not. I, I wanted to like it because so Teddy started reading it before me and was like, warning, warning, which I was like trying hard not to let it like affect my reading of it. I shouldn't have said that. But yes, I know it's OK. It's OK, because I mean, also like the first third of the book, I was like, I am going to I'm convinced that I'm I was like, maybe I will like it. Maybe I will enjoy it. I was like, I'm trying to get into it. You know, and it got to, like, when they get on, at the beginning, when they fight, uh, they're on the shell whale, and then they go, and they fight the expositors on their boat. I was like, oh, this is, like, this action is well done, this dialogue is well done. Like, I was like, yeah, the world's a little confusing, but I'm sure it's going to get less confusing. And then, so I marked that point in the book. Like, I was like, I actually like this part, right? And then... 100 pages later i was like we haven't moved on at all since then like the first i would say probably not even the first third so i would say around page 74 i was like we are going somewhere this could be one of those books that's like yeah when you get through the first like 70 pages like 70 to 100 pages then it's like then you're in it right which happens with a lot of fantasy books but i was like nope no, like around page 200, I was like, what 
are what am I doing here? Why do I care? What the fuck is happening? Like, you know, I was like, why? Why do I give a shit? I don't. Yeah, I I really it was a tough like like you said, I don't think so. I have this quote and I agree with this quote, but I'll read it in a second. But I don't think I'm bad at reading fantasy books. I love fantasy books. I love sci-fi. I probably read slightly more fantasy than I do sci-fi, too. I, like, tend to go skew a little towards the fantasy side of things. Um, and this book, I was like, I feel stupid. <laughs> but everything was too complex. The characters' names were too close to each other, which honestly is fine. Like, I've read some, I've read some Tol- Tolstoy you know, it's fine. You can figure it out, right? But all of the characters' names were too close to each other, and they weren't given context. Like, the dialogue for all of the characters sounded the same. Like, they all sounded like one character. You know, it's like if you had taken away who said what, you probably wouldn't be able to tell who was saying what because the character voice wasn't defined, you know? Mm. That's, I think, a big part of it is all of the characters were very much the same, and so we were getting names without any um, weight to them the whole time. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. so I have this this quote that I was trying to find a summary so I wouldn't have to write my own, but I had mm. to write my own. I had to write my own. <laughs> so I ended up on a review from the website Smart Bitches Trashy Books. That's what the website's Incredible. called. Incredible. <laughs> um, and the review says, readers, I am not the sharpest tack on the bulletin board these days. And even though this book, the book is dense with detailed and beautiful world building, I would have sold my soul for a prologue that politely spelled out the entire history of the world in a linear fashion. Oh, my God. Look, that's right? what that's like what the the past. Uh, the past should have been like the past context should have been. Yeah. Like, I think you could have cut to just, like, the revolution part and let everything else come out through the characters, like, <laughs> movements, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because um, uh, we meet, don't we meet, uh, who is it? Uh, we meet the demon again, Arnefa. Arnefa. Later in the present, right? Don't we meet her in the present again? We, yeah, she's the big bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we we meet her in the present, and it's like that that could have come out like Kai taking because they're mad because Kai took on a non dead body to possess, and like that was like the like you're an abom- abomination, like etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Like that could have come out that way. Like that yeah. would have been much more dramatic, much more interesting. Yeah, you know? So, I don't know. I think it just... There was so much and so little. At the same time. Right, okay. My pitch for you is that this should have been two books. The It should have been a strong duology. First of all, this bitch is long. Um, Didn't need to be that long. I feel like Martha has proven to me that she can write excellent novellas yeah and i feel like this was like a push in the direction of like an epic fantasy that felt like it needed to be contained in only one book but i think that that's not true i think that the past should have been its own novel um about an uprising where they successfully 
kill two hierarchs. Um, and that's like amazing and act against fascism. Perfect. Incredible. Um, and then the present should have been the sequel, the gang rides again. Like we are foiling an immortal blessed plot. Um, for like more potential dictatorship like that would have been great and then that line at the end that's like let's find something to unburn is like the perfect end of a duology that is like let these characters breathe you know they have done so much let them go um but when you combine them together and specifically when you combine them together in this like back and forth motion Everything starts to blend. You don't know who is the most important from which timeline. Yeah. um, Except for fucking Kai. Um, The character development feels, in most cases, completely non-existent. Yeah. And I would argue that the only character that I feel like developed in any way was Kai. And that's only because we are in his internal monologue all the time. Um. And I can't even point to, like, an amazing moment of development from him. It's just that, like, I get the sense that he changed from being a child demon um, to a traumatized adult demon. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, this book suffered so much from trying to cram everything in that, like, it's okay to have a complex fantasy book. In fact, I would argue that it is like fun and cool. Like Sarah, you read that fucking Game of Thrones book that was literally just a history of the world of Game of yeah. Thrones. Fire, and you fire loved and blood. it. Yeah. yeah. Love you were like, yeah, this shit slaps. Like this is awesome. Like it's fine it, to it does. get <laughs> Right, right. Like it's it's okay to really get into the world building. Like everyone loves that. But like if you're not giving us enough to n- make informed like I don't I don't want you to ruin the plot, but I don't want you to hide so much from me that I can, I as the reader can have no idea where anything is yeah. going. I th- because that feels unfair. Yes. I also think that the this is like, I don't know if it should have been two books necessarily. Well, in, mm. if we're playing into Martha Wells' conceit is that they do the same, they go to all the same places from the past, which mm. for a second book might have been annoying frustrating um so i get it like there's a whole part actually in game of thrones where it's like you know in the first or i think the second one for danny's whole plot line in a song of ice and fire where it's like you must to in order to go forward you must go back so that was Mm -hmm. like the vibe that it was giving me so it could have it maybe could have played as two right but i also feel like if it is this one book it should have been more which is silly because the book is long, but I think a lot of shit should have been cut out, right? Like, yep. I think yes. the past stuff should have been cu- cut out. And then I think we should have gotten, like, freeing Taren should have been, like, in the, in the first 100 pages of the book. You know, mm-hmm. like, everything was told to us, you know? Everything was told to us. Nothing was shown to us. Like, the classic, you know, sh- show, don't tell it was like we we're waiting and waiting and waiting to get Taren because it's like then I felt like the book was going to kick off once we got Taren, but that's the end. 
That's the mm-hmm. end of the book. Like, the whole plot... And was- there was, like, such little fucking fanfare about it. Yes. Too. Exactly. It was, like, kind it of... There was, like, t- no payoff. When we talked about A Darker Shade and you were like, if you're trying to go one place the whole fucking book, you have to show me that one place. Right? That's why I kept yes. th- I kept thinking about that comment. I was like, yeah, it's true. It's happening again. I mean, at least we right. got Tauren, but, like... Um, I also think it's interesting, though, because I do, um, on a base level, appreciate what martha wells was trying to do because i appreciate a book that starts where the revolution has already happened because a lot of sci-fi and fantasy is like very much like lead up to revolution and then it ends on like a note of like now let's go find something else to unburn where it's like and now you can imagine how they solve the revolution because i don't know how to solve these problems you know yes so i really appreciate a book that's like Let's do that. But this book isn't about that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, mm. it's post-revolution wor- world, but it's also so micro and so on mm-hmm. these characters, but then was also trying to, like, extrapolate out to the macro that I was like, what? It wasn't focused enough. It's like, you have to pick one or the other. Is this an interpersonal book or is it a big overarching book? Not to say you can't have themes of both, but it was, like, lackluster both ways. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, I have forgiven so many books for being too character focused in a world that I am like, just show me even a little bit more. And I have forgiven so many books for being so world focused and having bland characters. But this just had both. Both an overload of world building and an underload of character building that I was like, I just can't, like, I lost track of who almost everyone was. Yeah. Because I just couldn't, they were so, right, it's like you said, like, they were all just so similar. Like, it just really was They were just names on a piece of paper. They weren't oh actually God. characters. That's what I felt like for right. a lot of it. They were just the name. Right. Like, like, you can com- rem- remember a character right. when you re- know who the character is. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, no, it does. And it's like, okay, I think there are three of them that I can be like, they are the this, the this one. Like, Kai is the traumatized one. Zadie is the mommy one. And (laughs) Bashasa is the the politician one. And then, and like, Ramad is the morally gray one. I don't even know if I could even say that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like. Yeah. Like, it's not. They're just like all so similar and annoying. And it's like, there were, there were so many people that it was like, why are you telling me your name? Like, I don't need to know the name of every single person that is in this room right now. And I don't need to know what they're wearing and how they are styling their tunic. Like, I just, oh my God, so many tunic styles. So little time. Like, just, just leave it alone. Like, I get that you're trying to say that this is like a multicultural movement, um, sum that up in literally any other way. Like, I just could not handle that. By the end, if I saw the word tunic, I was like banging my head against a wall. Like, I couldn't do it. Um, so oof. in the acknowledgments, I don't know. Did you read the acknowledgment at the no, end? No, I hit the end of the last page and was like, great, I'm done. You tell me what the acknowledgment said. So the first paragraph is and i think it it's uh it, it's saying something is 
This book might not exist without my friend Felicia O'Sullivan, who must have read what felt like a hundred drafts of the first three hundred thousand, sorry, thirty thousand <laughs> to eighty thousand words with no resolution in sight, and who was encouraging, enthusiastic, and helped me figure out what I was trying to do. Yeah, I was like, okay, so did she? N- no. Also, it indicates that this was a bit of a struggle mm-hmm. to write. Right. Um, I mean, it's a struggle to write anything, I'm sure, but... In a different way, right. Yeah, in a different way. This is like, it maybe should have just stayed in the drafts. (laughs) Stayed in the drafts. Been fleshed out maybe a little bit later, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I don't know. It was just... It was disappointing. Absolutely disappointing. It felt very bland. It, like was the opposite it's like the um i love a book that has world building as you go because i don't like info dump world Mm -hmm. building right um i think that what this book did in an attempt to do that it would go action 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 info dump action 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 info dump and then all of the info dumps slow down any momentum that you could ever possibly build like Mm -hmm. um chapter 12 which is the chapter that i texted teddy and i was like well this chapter was actually good this was actually like one good chapter in the mess of not good chapters where i was like martha wells wrote this very well there was full of suspense in that one chapter and like showed like a little pearl of like what her writing i'm assuming was much more like in something like murderbot where i it was like I was so invested. Uh, Kai and Zadie were diving to find the finding stone, which would um, help them find Taran. Yes, and right. they were they were diving for it, and it was like this. The scene was so contained that it like really d- dialed into the action, everything, and then Zadie disappears. And I was so invested in Kai finding the stone in that one scene that when he was like. I hadn't heard from Zadie in a while, like where Zadie that I was like, I didn't even notice. Right. It was like a good writing sleight of hand where I was so focused in on what Kai was doing. I did forget about Zadie for a second, just like Kai did. So I thought that that was really good. And then the chapter ends and we go to a fucking flashback scene. And I was like, I can't do this shit. (laughs) Like I was like, wow, that was actually a good chapter. Where is Zadie? And then I got to the right. flashback scene and I was like, ugh. <laughs> and it wasn't even a good flashback scene. It was like they had already defeated the hierarchs and we're just yeah. like traveling. Like it was just like, ooh, the pacing was so fucked the yes. whole time. Yes, right. and it's, it's funny because the first couple flashback scenes have really big time jumps big time jumps in between them so yes. you would have thought that that kept going and but it, it does maybe, not but it does not no it so hits get, the revolution it, and it stalls right you get really in the weeds there so it's yeah. like are we writing a book without a revolution in it or are we you know what i mean yes yes like like you can't have both okay do you think that your experience of this book would have been different if you had listened to the audiobook um i'm not sure I maybe it depends on the audiobook um narr- like whoever performed the audiobook because audiobook voice actors can add a, a lot to um characters give them character development through their voice 
So, which is what I believe happened during um, A Darker Shade of Magic. That audiobook gave Lila and Kel such, like, distinct voices that I didn't really need it in the book. And then when I read the book without the audiobook, I was like, oh, not quite as good. Um, So I don't know. It could have. But I think it would have been really confusing also as an audiobook. I kept flipping back to those characters being like, who's this, you know? Right, yeah. I feel like one thing that I think it would have really helped me with was, like, differentiating between who was who. Yeah. Um, And I think that would have been helped by, like, either a multicast member recording Mm. or, like, just to help it give a little life to the other people. Um, Or, I don't know, maybe just, like, hearing the names out loud would have been helpful because, like, there are so many names that are just, like, slightly different combinations of the same letters that I was, like, I spent truly, and this will tell you how closely I was reading also because, like, I was having a really hard time and, like, having a hard time reading closely, but I spent a long time thinking that Bashasa and Bashat were, like, the same guy. Yeah. Um, And... It makes sense because they both have exactly the same letters in their name except for one consonant that in Hebrew and Yiddish switches back and forth. So I'm like trained to not oh. <laughs> even like think about it. And then um, they're both they're occupying the same social role in the same place. So I was like, oh, these are just the same guy. No, incorrect. Um, but how honestly, how hunky would that have been? Even if you if you made them the same guy, this book would have been infinitely at least like ten percent better. Yeah, right. <laughs> like true. if it was like interesting, like that the betrayed, betrayed Kai, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I would have been like ten times more invested. Yeah, but this, it was kind of yeah. like hinting that he was maybe not a trustworthy person the whole time, you know? Bashasa. like that's yes. so it's also confusing <laughs> for that reason. Right, too. right, exactly. In that it would have been better if they were the same. Guy. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, did you feel like you had a favorite character? I liked the wall walkers. It's okay. <laughs> I liked the shell whale. <laughs> <laughs> like, Kai was cute. Um, he, he had, like, a couple of charming moments. He was main character. That's all. Yeah. Like, capital M, capital C, main character. He had main character traits. Like, it was, like, that's it, you yeah. know? He yep. was just main character. Like, I don't know how to describe it other yeah. than that, you know? And then everyone else was just... Side character. Yeah. Yeah. And there was nothing... Like, I know this about myself. Like, I go ape shit for, like, a cute nerd. Like, I love them. And it's because I see myself in them. Like Kel. And I'm like, woohoo. Um, yes, like <laughs> Um, I was like, who? Like, I, like, that's, I thought, Sarah, that you had just brought up a character from Witch King that I forgot. (laughs) Like, that's how intensely I am, like, struggling to remember everyone. But, like, I know that given the opportunity, I would have loved Dahin. Like, I would have loved him. And I just got nothing. Yeah. Nothing. That's true. And it was just painful. It was so sad. Yeah. You, was there um, anything that you liked about the book? Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, I think I admire the attempt. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I really do. Like when you were like, oh, this is interesting in that it's a book about what happens after a revolution. Like, I think that that was like an interesting angle to take to be like, we have killed two hierarchs and yet our work is not done. Like, I think it's like very interesting to be like, we still like we cannot relax after a revolution. Like we still must always take care of one another like and have each other's backs like i thought that that was like such an admirable stance and just the way that the book went about making that point if it even got so far as making it at all was painful and like not totally present um but like i liked that idea it's just so hard this is just so sad. I just, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't mind the first 70 pages or so. Um, the first scene was like good. Yeah, the first scene, even. The first scene was good. The first little backstory was good too. Like, that was mm-hmm. a good, like, setting the stage situation. I actually wouldn't have been mad if it, more of the backstory was like Kai growing up. Like, more of, oh, yeah. more of that. Oh, the first half of the backstory, I would have killed for that. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Uh, cute. Um, I liked chapter 12, which is the underwater scene. I was like, that was actually a good chapter. Um, all right. So I think that we covered all we needed to cover yeah. with the book discussion. Do you have any final last words for Sorry. Witch King? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And if uh, you listen to this podcast and you read a book because of the podcast... Sorry. Also sorry. <laughs> we love you, buddy. <laughs> Try again with us next time. But if you if you were planning on reading the book anyway, and so you listened in and you, you know, had a similarly bad time, solidarity. Um <laughs> Okay. Teddy, what are you reading right now? Um, I am reading My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. Okay. Um, oh, is that the I Haunted House author? Yes, it is. Um, and I love Grady Hendrix. Like, I cannot get enough. Um, so that's been good so far, for sure. Um, also, like, I tried to bribe myself that I had to finish Witch King before I read any other books, but that didn't work because I was so mind-numbingly bored. And I ended up reading a bunch of like really trashy romances that I will not be naming on air, but because I needed to give myself um, a lot of brain popcorn. Um, So I have also been in my like trashy romance era as well. Um, What are you reading, Sarah? Um, I kind of finished reading this and haven't really started anything yet, but I am going to be reading Crying in H Mart soon. Finally. Finally, Finally. you're so behind the curve. I know, I know. Finally. But I got a a signed copy, so I'm excited. I know. I did read some popcorn books. Like, I read the um, last book, the most recent book in the um, Truly Devious Mystery series, which I love. I love all those books. Last year, I, like, just marathoned them. Um, (laughs) So I read one of those, which is my popcorn book. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So as our regular listeners may know, we do have a running competition um, where we are 
giving points and taking away points based on where we got the book that we read for this podcast. If you get your book from a library and you're doing your civic duty and you're supporting your library, you get one point. If you get it from an indie bookstore, because we love our indies, you get half a point. Yes. If you get it from not an indie bookstore and, it, you know, your Walmarts, your Targets, your Barnes and Nobles, uh, your Borders, if Borders still existed, um, that's neutral. You know, we all got to do it sometimes. Um, but if you get your book from fucking Amazon, including Audible. Or Kindle Unlimited. Kindle, Kindle Unlimited. Unlimited. Oh, my God. Mm-mm. Two points removed. Um, we fucking hate Amazon and you should, too. So, Sarah. Where did you get your book? I got mine from the local indie bookseller because the library's hold list was weeks long. Weeks and weeks, weeks long. So. <laughs> Excellent. Teddy? So that's half a point to you. Yes. And I got mine from the library, but I did a bad thing. Um, so insofar as we get to make up the point system for this as we go along, I think I should only get half a point because what I did was I borrowed it from the library onto my Kobo and then turned my Wi-Fi off and did not return it until I was done. I I I I don't think that you get half a point off for that. It is unclear to me whether my doing that meant that the library was not allowed to no. lend out its new no, copy. No, because you do you get it through Libby still? When you do Yeah. Like, yeah, no. Because the Libby the Libby uh the the Libby uh what's it called? License goes back yeah. goes back and it resets. They don't know that you don't have oh. your Wi-Fi turned off. No, that's a good thing. Great. Do that. I, we always right. tell people to turn off your Wi-Fi. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this brings Sarah to a score of 4.5. And if we are giving me my full point, that brings me to 4.5. And we are tied again. I know, back in it. Woohoo! Party, party. <laughs> okay. Great. Excellent. We made it. Um, <laughs> insofar as this is hypothetically also a reader's advisory podcast. Um, we would like to give you some books to read if you liked this book. Um, I think part of my problem for this exercise this week was that I didn't like this book and I had a hard time imagining why, like what elements, not why anyone would like this book, but like what elements would be intriguing enough that someone would come up to me at the library desk and be like, what do you have that's like this? Um, did you have any luck, Sarah? What did you think? I approached this from a perspective, uh, two different perspectives. I approached it from, <laughs> you're going to laugh at one of them. I approached it from, Great. I didn't love this book. What would you recommend instead of this mm. book? Like, and if you had p specific portions that caught your interest, but didn't do it for you all the way. So mm -hmm. with that in mind, I went. Uh, if you liked the combat, if you liked the flashbacks, and you like a book that does world building as you go, I would recommend The Rage of Dragons by Evan Winter, which we will be reading on this podcast. So if you decide to read that, you'll be yes. caught up. Um, you'll In be, good company. You'll be right. pre pre prepared. Um, 
if you liked the found family part of the books where you have like a group of characters but you wish they were more fleshed out you wish you had more time kind of with everybody and you liked kind of the seafaring part of it i recommend the adventures of amina al sarafi by shannon chakraborty i have recommended this on the podcast before but i hadn't read it yet when i recommended it before and i read it and it fucking rocks so hard it it it's just like in the definitely in the top three books I've read so far this year. It was an amazing book. It ha- hits every note that this book did not hit for me personally. Sarah has been peer pressuring me so hard. Whatever. <laughs> you, if, Own it. If, if, yeah. if you're allergic to good books, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah yeah but also to be fair to me you did text me halfway through witch king to be like i can see why you are hesitant about seafaring books at this time in your reading journey <laughs> i get it give it a couple of months but i it's so yeah. good um and then if this one if you did really like this book sure i'm gonna assume that you don't mind a drier writing style Mm-hmm. with a little bit of sameness happening throughout it the whole time mm-hmm. um and i would recommend ember in the ashes by saba tahir um if you didn't think the witch king was boring this has a similar writing style which ember in the ashes i did listen to an, as an audiobook and i liked it and then as i listened to the sequels i was like <laughs> these suck <laughs> so <laughs> but incredible i could see somebody i could see the venn diagram of these books together you know they're nice. they're very like dry so i don't know some people like that <laughs> yeah no they do and readers advisory is always about finding that venn diagram exactly. so exactly. that's a convincing argument exactly. for me okay um Go. the only one i was able to come up with was priory of the orange tree by samantha shannon i feel that we have probably talked about this on the pod before um at least i definitely have um i feel like if you like expansive world politic um and you are and you wish the wish witch king was maybe a little gayer um if you are like yeah i love a world building political epic fantasy and this really did it for me in that area then i would recommend prior the orange tree similarly politically complex similarly tons of world building um in my opinion done much more successfully um but i felt that um a day of fallen night which is the sequel to priory uh sarah have you read that yet Not yet okay i didn't like it as much as priory but part of the reason that that is true is because i found it to be a little drier a little more samey in your words um <laughs> So this is also in a, like, I see the Venn diagram for this as well. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, my last thing is if you were like, Ted, <laughs> you fucked me over. Like, what the fuck? All I can say for myself is like, please, please read the Murderbot Diaries. Don't let this dissuade you. They're such good books and they're so fun. And none of the characters are the same. And the world building is done really well. Um, and you'll fall in love with a robot, which is hard to do. Um, so get in there, friends. Um, and that's what I've got for Reader's Advisory. Nice. 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 Yeah. Okay. 
So, I think that pretty much wraps us up if we want to go into yeah. our plugs. Is that Absolutely. In two weeks, we're going to be reading Labyrinth Lost by Zoreda Cordova. Um, oh, ow! I'm excited to read that. Um, and our you can find us on social media at, at @shelvingcart on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Tumblr, and TikTok. And our email is shelvingcart at gmail.com. So feel free to send us a note on any of those places. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, happy reading, everyone. <laughs> Love you, bye. bye. <laughs> One, two, three, four, shelving cart. Shelving cart. Shelving cart. With Sarah and Teddy. Shelving cart. Shelving cart. Shelving cart. With Sarah and Teddy. Hey! Thank you for listening to Shelving Cart. Shelving Cart was created, written, and recorded by Sarah and Teddy, edited by Sarah, and the theme music is by Kate Gardine. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please rate and review us on any of your podcast listening apps. We greatly appreciate it.